Welcome to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Here are your hosts, Joe and Kendall. Unfortunately, this could be the last episode of Elephants in the Room ever as we, Joe and I, are awaiting arrest here in the Elephants in the Room studio. We have our own, actually, and, and they're coming to get us. We had, we had that one George guy on one too many times, <laughs> and he's back with us again this week, and now they're coming for us. Yeah, thanks a lot, George. Yeah, it's good to be back on the show, uh, waiting it out with you guys at Ground Zero. So <laughs> it's all your fault. It's all your fault. Well, anyways, um, if you if you're an astute listener of Elephants in the Room, you may notice that we didn't have an episode that last week. That's because Joe and I were were off on our our tropical spring break getaways, where both of us went back to Ohio. I think, um, but no, no, no. I'm sure none of you noticed that there wasn't an episode. But anyways, we're back again. We'll jump right into it. There's been quite a bit of news this week. Um, as I'm sure you've seen, some some trouble with the banks going on. Oh, isn't scary. there always trouble with the banks? I, you know, the bank keeps <laughs> losing my money. They're losing my money, and they're saying, "Joe, mm-hmm. you never put any money in." And I'm like, <laughs> "I know for a fact. I have ten million dollars in the bank." Um, and then, yes, as we as we referenced at the top of the show, Donald Trump announced that he is currently awaiting arrest. So let's jump right into it, Joe. I think. You know a little bit about this bank stuff, is that right? I, I do. I know a little bit, as I'm sure I'll be reminded by George. So, so <laughs> yeah, this uh, uh, over the last week, uh, we had this uh, massive uh, collapse, uh, the second largest bank collapse in U.S. history, uh, the Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, remarkably, 93% of the uh, bank's $161 billion in deposits were actually uninsured by uh, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, um, which, you know, basically uh, covers any amount up to uh, $250,000. So uh, you can see where where uh, things may get a little awry from that. So on, on March 8th, uh, we had uh, SVB. It announced that it would look at a $1.8 billion loss, uh, selling some of its investments to cover the uh, increasing withdrawals that it was experiencing. Um, a lot of this was spurred on by the Fed earlier in the year, raising rates, mm-hmm. causing venture capital to dry up. Um, and then the next day, uh, following being downgraded by Moody's, uh, SVB's stock ended up crashing when the, as soon as the market opened. Uh, panic spread and venture capital firms began pooling their money from the bank and urging their portfolio companies to do the same. Um, by the end of the day, depositors had attempted to withdraw $42 billion. And, you know, a lot of this, the Fed was starting to get involved now. Worries of bank runs spread. Uh, there was another bank collapse spurred on by this uh, signature, which ended up being the third, actually, largest bank collapse uh, in U.S. history. But now you have uh, Fed regulators saying that uh, customers from both of these banks should expect the full amount of their money back, uh, even those amounts exceeding that $250,000 uh, FDIC limit that's covered. And a lot of this is uh, sort of leading to a, uh, a concern regarding the banking system as a whole. Um, many of these concerns uh, we have here voiced by Senator James Lankford questioning Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen a few days ago. So we have that for you. So, so what is your plan to keep large depositors from moving their funds out of community banks into the big banks? We have seen the mergers of banks over the past decade. I'm concerned you're about to accelerate that by encouraging anyone who has a large deposit in a community bank to say, we're not going to make you whole, but if you go to one of our preferred banks, we will make you whole at that point. Look, I mean, we're, that's certainly not something that we're encouraging. That is happening. 
right now. Oh, that doesn't sound too promising, <laughs> I gotta say. <laughs> that makes me want to take all $3 that I have to my name out, yeah, out of yeah. my, my local credit union. But, you know, <laughs> thankfully, uh, I couldn't do this alone. Um, I, I know little about the world of market, of finance, the ins and outs of uh, lending and receiving money, as I have none to lend <laughs> or receive. But uh, with us, we have we have George, not only special guest, uh, a special guest for the for the show, but also uh, has his own show now with spreading his 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 uh, financial know how, his knowledge with Patrick, his guest host. Uh, so we have him on to discuss some uh, of this stuff in detail. And uh, I'm sure you can uh, you can uh, are you guys going to talk about this uh, a lot more, I guess, on your show, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we didn't come into this week expecting that's what we're going to talk about. But as things kind of got out of control with the banks, that's that's going to be our episode, which air Friday and Saturday or anytime at Wall Street Pod on Twitter. Ooh. Ooh, I don't even. Does ours air on more than one day, Joe? I think we're limited to one day. What is? We we, we air like here? twice twice in one day. How do they come in here and yeah, get? I think we have a weekend two weekend spots. Too? We, no, we don't get two weekend spots. I think we air five times over the course of the extended weekend. Wow. It's because they wanted to wow. mitigate the damage that our show <laughs> does to <laughs> the reputation of George. Radio Free Hillsdale. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, we got George on um, uh, again with probably a much more in depth analysis than we can provide you here mm-hmm. on his show. So definitely. Uh, if you if you would like to uh, <laughs> if you would like to check that out, um, you can on Radio Free Hillsdale. Uh, but George, what's what's your what's your big take? As the kids are saying these days, what's your big take on this? Well, just for the listeners of the show, one thing I want to clarify, and for Joe, maybe this will make you at ease. No matter what bank you're with, if they're insured by the FDIC, which is I think pretty much every bank in America. If you have less than $250,000 in one account, <laughs> you will be completely insured. Now, I don't know if you fall under that category, Joe. Um, I don't really uh, know I, your sources me, of income. I, fell, I, I, I fall well, well under that category. They might be able to pay you out of the petty cash fund. <laughs> you know, I, I know the show likes to dabble in conspiracy theories a little bit, but I think if, if I can present one of my own, maybe part of the reason that all of the elites and stuff are so are so obsessed about this bank collapse and that they're it's all over the media. Maybe they're just trying to flex that they have more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars to <laughs> yeah. lose. They're like, oh no, I had too much money in the bank. Did you hear me? Too much money. But sorry, sorry to so rudely interrupt, George. What what were these clarifications that you were making for us? Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. Also, I think to give SVB some credit, which I'll let you guys really. Uh, go hard on them because they probably deserve quite a bit of criticism but a lot of their losses were sustained from u.s treasuries which is actually quite interesting the u.s regulators they allowed u.s treasuries to be counted as cash which after the great recession you had to carry larger cash balances for it to be more secure the problem with that is interest rates have increased so much over the past probably 12 18 months that with that, you have uh, the value of these bonds, especially long-term bonds, getting slashed you know, by 25, 30, 40%. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what I'm, what I'm a little bit uh, interested in, even, even more so than uh, SVB's decision and what, what uh, happened to them, was uh, the Fed's decision immediately following. I mean, basically, they have uh, pseudo-announced that, like, they haven't, they haven't promised, if I'm correct, they haven't promised, like, a bailout, but they've announced that the creditors... Or the I'm sorry, the depositors will be covered, even though that a lot of them, especially at SVB two, do fall outside of that FDIC uh, ceiling. Um, and so I think what what Langford was was saying, and maybe George, you could you could provide some 
clarification for me on this is that uh, what's if that's the new course of action that the Fed seems to be taking, uh, this sort of uh, relaxing on uh, making banks adhere to uh, market discipline if they're sort of allowed to fail as long as they qualify a large enough portion of the market. You know, what's stopping these uh, large depositors from taking their money from these smaller banks and moving it to these uh, sort of fully secured banks that are deemed unable to fail by the uh, by the Fed? Yeah. And one thing I also want to mention quick is that they did do a better job in 2008 when they bailed out Goldman. Um, they actually bailed out the bondholders and uh, shareholders of Goldman by allowing that not to fail, mm -hmm. where they're still making people who are betting on that uh, from the investment side of things still pay the price. But absolutely, you have people are incentivized to move to big banks that are going to get bailed out. And additionally, I'm not going to look at the financial health of a bank. I'm not going to worry about diversifying. Right. If I can get 7% at a somewhat sketchy bank, but I know the Fed's going to bail it out, What's stopping me from putting fifty million in there? Um, no, absolutely. And that's that's the amount that Roku had in SVB, <laughs> I, I the, interestingly yeah. enough. So some some uh, some wacky connections. Okay, that's. I think we should start that as a new a, a new segment. Wacky <laughs> connection. No, I don't think it's gonna. That, that seems like an awful <laughs> idea. <laughs> but some some interesting uh, connections that SVB had, um, which may uh, may have something to do with the government's immediacy in taking action uh, to bail out the. Uh, depositors is you know who who are these depositor depositors who's uh, getting their funding from uh, SVB and uh, you know we have largely uh, nearly half nearly half I mind you of uh, climate change companies in the U.S. Uh, banked with SVB um, you know strictly because of the uh, I guess the high risk of uh, those sort of institutions and their inability to bring in profit. Uh, the only lender that seemed to be lend willing to lend nearly half of these climate change companies money was SVB. Similarly, uh, we have Claremont Institute, which suggests that SVB donated a uh, over over seventy million dollars to a variety of left wing causes, uh, including uh, BLM and uh, other critical race theory uh, institutions. Uh, but you know, they, they found it, un they, they were unable to pay their depositors <laughs> in, in their sort of cash crunch. But yeah, no, some, some interesting and, and wacky connections, as I'm probably going to be told not to say again. <laughs> but yeah, no, interesting. You mean to tell me that a bank called Silicon Valley Bank <laughs> was, a, was a little bit on the left? What? You've been listening to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We're your hosts, Kendall and Joe, joined once again by George Akala. Thanks for coming on the show, George. Absolutely. The other big news of the, of the past two weeks, since we didn't have a show last week, was that Trump came out, um, and I believe on Truth Social announced that he is expecting to be arrested on Tuesday. Of course, that was... Um, that has come and passed. It seems that in that criminal, criminal indictment... Um, that's not what I want to say seems that in that trial there are some some holdups as to that hasn't happened yet but but yes huge news coming out that a former president could be could be arrested um, this criminal indictment has apparently been engineered by Manhattan district attorney Alvin Bragg um, we actually have audio from Trump himself on the on the whole situation for horrible radical left democrat investigations of your all-time favorite president, me, is just a continuation of the most disgusting witch hunt 
in the history of our country. It's gone on forever with Russia, 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 and Ukraine, 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 and the Mueller hoax. It's an absolute disgrace. Whether it's the Mar-a-Lago raid or the unselect committee hoax, the perfect Georgia phone call, it was absolutely perfect, or the stormy horse-faced Daniels extortion plot, they're all sick. And it's fake news. Our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them, and they know it very strongly. <laughs> as you know, as much as we laugh and as silly as some of his his mannerisms are about him being everybody's favorite president, me, um, <laughs> he does have a point that it's been one ever since he started running. It's been one thing after another, after another, after another, and none of them have have panned out. And do you think that's because, oh, Trump is this this criminal mastermind who gets away with everything? And I really don't buy that, you know, he's done all of these secret and evil things and he's gotten away with all of them. I I think it's more likely that most of it most of it is false. Uh, but anyways, pros- prosecutors referred to it as the zombie case because it was once closed under a former Manhattan district attorney. Um, Speaker McCarthy has ordered an investigation into the DA. The the funny thing about this is um, most of the most of the criminal trial going on is about this this hush money that was paid out during the um, 2016 campaign. At its worst, this could be classified as a misdemeanor for falsifying business records. Um, at its worst, which again it probably isn't, but you know this this liberal district attorney has upped it to a. Uh, to a felony because of this this second crime, which um, doesn't exist. <laughs> um, funnily enough, Trump has raised $1.5 million in fundraising in the three days following the announcement that he may be arrested. Um, so he really, he's always been good at campaigning and raising money and fundraising. Um, and, you know, that still continues. Um, after his announcement came out where he, he asked his supporters to stand, for, stand up for him, um, the media have been calling the crowd of pro-Trump protesters rather small, and apparently they were outnumbered by anti-Trump protesters. Uh, but many Republicans are not uh, particularly upset, including uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, about the possibility that he may be arrested, not because they think that you know he's evil and actually deserves it, but because if the former Republican president gets arrested, um, he will probably win in 2024 because it's not exactly a secret that these that these um, charges are a little bit trumped up, if, if you'll excuse my excuse my pun. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff, a lot of people are starting to see that this is politically motivated. Um, you know, this is, like you said, this was being referred to as like a zombie case because it was it was very much open and shut. Like, that's, that's all it was to it. Like, there was really, really nothing there. And now it's being brought up again, uh, these allegations now uh, resurfacing and uh, Trump looking at, uh, really, like even even if you're you're gonna get him on this, like the worst you could do is a is a misdemeanor with the way the law is already structured. But bumping this up to a felony is definitely something political. Definitely a move to try to get him to uh, force him out of the election. But you know, since uh, his his numbers have been going up, uh, you know, massive fundraising uh, efforts have been largely successful uh, since since the announcement of uh, this impending indictment. Uh, I mind you, I, I think it's funny that like, uh, you know, Fox, uh, Fox News, the information was leaked. Uh, Fox News broke it over the the weekend, I think. And, uh, you know, Trump's been saying that it's uh, Tuesday, as everybody was saying it was going to be Tuesday and then it was going to be Wednesday. And now they're like, OK, well, we have to 
the jury's still still out on this, so we gotta we gotta push back whatever indictment we have coming. But mark my words, you know, Trump will be behind bars for this. A lot of people have been coming out uh, in support of Donald Trump, seeing this as a uh, political move against him, um, including many uh, mainstream Republican people, uh, as well as uh, if you look at his polls, he has shot up significantly uh, since the beginning of this year. Um, especially since the beginning of this uh, period of speculation uh, regarding his possible indictment. Uh, and, you know, you have a lot of people who are uh, very quick to call out the DA, call out the Democrats, you know, your whole slew of others who are behind this. Everybody except for uh, for second, uh, second place DeSantis. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people were expecting DeSantis to uh, be very vocal about this. Uh, I, I, most notably, uh, we have uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who was, who was uh, calling for DeSantis to make a statement, uh, referring to him as your donor class uh, Republicans, or at least the favorite of the donor class Republicans, which, um, you know, I, I think George Soros has all but confirmed that. You know, you, do, you did have a statement from DeSantis, uh, finally, a few days ago, and it was a very lackluster statement that he did kind of call out the DA very silently, um, but he also uh, very much wanted to uh, distance himself from Trump following mm -hmm. this. He said, quote, I have no interest getting involved in some manufactured crisis by the Soros DA, um, you know, saying that he was, uh, quote, trying to do a political spectacle, end quote. He continued to say, quote, I've got real issues I've got to deal with here in the state of Florida, end quote. So again, you know, you have this really weak statement about... Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, very, very much different from the tune of many other Republicans who have come out vehemently against the political action taken from Trump. And I think you're starting to see that with uh, DeSantis now hitting a new low in, in polls uh, among people who are looking at not only uh, what he's doing over Trump, but starting to see that, like, you know, this this animosity between the two might get in the way of, like, any real political change they want to see in DeSantis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I think DeSantis has done a lot of good for the state of Florida, but for him to say that, oh, I don't want to get involved in these purely political things, it's just not super true. And I'm not, I don't hold it against him. That's how every politician works of finding things that'll rally for their base. But DeSantis, you know, does that pretty commonly. So, but then again, it is a lose-lose situation for him. If he, He's obviously not going to come out and say, yeah, Trump deserves to be arrested because then good luck getting reelected in the state of Florida, let alone the presidency. Uh, but also if he comes out and says, no, this is terrible what they're doing to Trump, they're after him. Um, it does pretty much support Trump's speech about um, going back to his, they're not after me, they're after you. <laughs> um, and I'm in the way, which, um, you know, Trump has lots of different policy positions and such that he takes that I support. But I think that that's probably his strongest. And if he wants to get reelected, that's the way to go of reminding the people that these, you know, simple positions, which um, I would say a majority of the country takes, these conservative values, and they hate Trump so much because he embodies them and is actually fighting for them. Um, and so obviously DeSantis can't get up there and say, yeah, yeah, he's right They're They're going for that. But it, yeah, as you said, pretty, pretty weak statement. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's only a lose-lose for DeSantis if he's running for president, which mm -hmm. he has not announced yet. But everybody kind of quasi agrees that, oh, DeSantis is running. Um, I mean, he was just on Piers Morgan uh, last night, uh, basically saying uh, that, uh, basically talking up what probably will be his announcement here shortly. You know, it, this is really hurting his chances. I think. I think a lot of people, a lot of people who were 
I've talked to who are diehard DeSantis people can't really justify his mm-hmm. weakness on this. Even your most super like raw raw DeSantis, which you know largely are just your anti-Trump people. <laughs> um, their justifications are like, oh, well, you know, he said what he had to say. Or like, you know, an, a, a sort of another version of it was a lose-lose for DeSantis because of the stupid, crazy Trump people. Which, you know, I, I, I again, you know, is only is only the case if you're just baiting people to uh, see that uh, – or you're just baiting people for your potential announcement. But, you know, I, I think that when you have – when you have this week of a statement being made by DeSantis – obviously spurred on by the political animosity regardless of who started it you know a lot of people are saying that it was trump but what all people see right now is DeSantis, who hates trump who is embodying that hatred of trump in his weak statement and he's gonna suffer for it unfortunately you know i i I think that uh i think that an announcement right now uh is definitely premature but also people it's going to be met with a lot of people who are going to be critical about it saying that like you you wanted this to happen, didn't you? And like, that's going to be a very hard point to uh, mm-hmm. to defend against, I'd say. You've been listening to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Unfortunately, we're out of time for this week, but we hope that you'll tune back in next week um, to hear us cover whatever else is going on in this crazy world. If you miss us on the air, you can always find our show at elephantsintheroom.transistor.fm, where you can listen to all of our episodes. Um, again, we've been joined by George Ackla this week. Thanks for coming on. George, would you like to remind us what your show is called? Yep, Wall Street Weekly, which airs on Fridays and Saturdays on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 or at Wall Street Pod on Twitter. Well, you know, the real secret was that we only had George on so that we didn't have to research the story ourselves. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely the case. This has been Elephants in the Room, and we hope that you tune back in next week. 